Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Sabbaths. We thank you for the night's rest. We thank you for the opportunity to come and worship you, to learn from you. Lord, I just pray that you would guard my lips. May I not say anything that would not bring honor and glory to you. Give me the thoughts that I should say and and may those who hear, hear what they need to hear. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I've entitled my devotional thoughts, Experimental Religion, Our Ebenezer Continued. I don't know, some of you may have seen the book we wrote of our testimony of God's leading us into agriculture. Um, and what I want to share with you this morning is that the story continues, and it's an exciting story, and the story can be the same for any of you as you learn to trust God's promises. So I just want to share a quote, and let me just say, you know, I, to me it's neat because I feel like I've heard a similar theme through our whole time here. I feel like the Lord has put on the hearts of different presenters something that he's trying to get across to his people. Experience is knowledge derived from experiment. You like that? Experience is knowledge derived from experiment. What we need is experimental religion. How shall we know for ourselves God's goodness and his love? The psalmist tells us, not hear and know, not read and know, or believe and know, but taste and see that the Lord is good. Instead of relying upon the word of another, taste for yourself. Isn't that a beautiful definition of experimental religion you know we don't have time to go into the story but back in 1994 my wife and I felt the Lord impressing us that we needed experimental religion you know it's all good in theory but what about in reality? And so we embarked on a journey that continues to this day. We wanted a personal testimony of God's goodness and love. You know, it's, it's great to know the doctrines and theories as people have been sharing, but what is God doing for you? How are you growing in faith? And so we said, Lord, what do you want us to do? We will go anywhere, do anything, as long as we are confident that you're leading us. You know, we don't want to be led by our own ambitions and desires. We want you to guide and direct us. And so 
as we were exploring, again, it's a long story, but as we were exploring what God would have us to do, we were studying the Bible, we were reading the spirit of prophecy, and there was just so many promises for those who work the soil. You know, Proverbs, he that telleth his land shall have plenty of bread. Is that a promise? If you tell, you will have your needs supplied. I love this one. After the flood, the Lord promised, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest shall not cease. Even in climate change, seed time and harvest is not going to end. That's, is that job security? It's amazing. And, you know, there are so many Ellen White quotes that, that gave so much encouragement. If the land is cultivated, it will, with the blessing of God, supply our necessities. Um, is, there, is there alternate readings of that? How do you understand that? It will supply our necessities. We are not to be discouraged about temporal things because of apparent failures. Nor should we be disheartened by delay. We should work the soil cheerfully, hopefully, gratefully, believing that the earth holds in her bosom rich stores for the faithful worker to garner. Stores richer than gold or silver. Do you, do you get that? Have you gotten that idea through this conference? There's a lot more than food in the soil. It's even better than gold and silver. With proper intelligent cultivation, the earth will yield its treasure for the benefits of man. The mountains and hills are changing. The earth is waxing old like a garment. But the blessing of God, which spreads a table for his people in the wilderness, will never cease. You know, I can still remember when we first started feeling a calling to farm. Of course, we had no knowledge but anybody I shared with, and, and unfortunately, especially within Adventism, kind of like, yeah, that's nice, but you can't make a living doing that. Well, who are we going to believe? God or man? And then, of course, this was the one that really really took us over the top. In God's plan for Israel, every family had a home on the land with sufficient ground for tilling. Thus were provided both the means and the incentive for a useful, industrious, industrious and self-supporting life. And no devising of man has ever improved upon that plan. How do you take that? I mean... I said, well, we don't want second best, we want best. There was no looking back. So, again, we don't have time, you have to read the book if you want the whole story, but the, the Lord started stretching us. It wasn't easy, in fact, it was hard, it was difficult, but he always provided. And so 
you know, back to the idea of experimental religion, how, how do you do experiments? Yeah, you have to, you have to try different things. And, and I just want to caution you that there's a big difference between experimental religion and presumption. Presumption is, you know, doing what you think you should do and saying, well, the Lord's going to bless. Faith or experimental religion is going out on a limb on his promises. It's based on his promises. It's not what you think you should do. So, you know, in Malachi, God tells us, to test him. Do an experiment. Prove me. See if I'll do what I say I'll do. And so the Lord started encouraging us to test him when it came to tithing. And somebody else, I guess last night, um, the crumb, Mrs. Crumb was, was talking about a second tithe. The contributions required of the Hebrews for religious and charitable purposes amounted to fully one-fourth of their income. So heavy attacks upon the resources of the people might be expected to reduce them to poverty, but on the contrary, the faithful observance of these regulations was one of the conditions of their prosperity. Wow. So we said, okay, Lord, we're going to experiment. We're going to try to give. And you have to understand, we were living on very, very little. We are going to give 25% and see. We're going to prove, test you, see if you're as good as your word. What do you think? Was the experiment a success or a failure? I just challenge you with this. Taste and see. Prove him. Um, it was unbelievable the way the Lord blessed. Unbelievable. Um, he blessed beyond our... Um, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. So then, you know, it's like, okay, how far can we go with this? So we're doing second tithe. What else can we do to, to press outside the envelope? And so we started reading things like this. This is an amazing manuscript. I just want to encourage people to go to manuscript 121, 1899. One of my favorite quotes because it's so power-packed. For one year, this is talking about the sabbatical year, the people were to depend wholly on the Lord, having faith in his arrangements as the householder. The land needed a rest in order to renew the forces necessary for growth. In the laws which God gave for the cultivation of the soil, he was giving the people opportunity to overcome their selfishness 
and become heavenly minded. How many of you want to overcome your selfishness and become heavenly minded? Canaan would be to them as Eden if they obeyed the word of the Lord. Through them, the Lord designed to teach all the nations of the world how to cultivate the soil so that it would yield healthy fruit free from disease. Isn't that incredible? God wants to use us to teach all the nations of the world how to cultivate the soil so that it would yield healthy fruit free from disease. How does he do that? First, he's got to get us to the point where we are depending wholly on the Lord. Now, let me pause to just say, I'm not here to try to convince you that you should, you should have a seven-year rest. You know, I'm going to leave that between you and the Lord. Um, you know, and I'm not going to try to say that it's binding today. I, you know, I know what we decided for ourselves, but I'm not here to, please don't quote me as saying that I'm telling everybody to do this. But we decided, let's test him. Let's do an experiment, have some experimental religion here. So in 2011, we took off three months. We said, we're going we're gonna to take a sabbatical. And again, I don't have time to go into the details, but the Lord worked it out so much more amazing than we could have ever imagined. We went to Honduras for three months. The Lord provided a house for us in the top end of a little mountain village. And it was very adequate. It was clean. It was um, very adequate. Nothing fancy. But we lived three months as a family, a quiet, simple life, free from artificial excitement and in harmony with nature and I think if you asked my children they would tell you it was a highlight of their life if you ask us I know we'd say it was a highlight of our lives it was incredible I mean just unbelievable and you know I mean we had I think we had $5,000 in savings. And we got to Honduras. We lived for three months and got home. And the Lord blessed. It was incredible. So it was like, okay, we tested, we, we experimented, and we tasted that the Lord was good. So next time, Seven years, we're going to take the whole year off. And um, my wife was not totally convinced of that, but it's like, honey, look at how the Lord blessed. What? I mean, why not? Why not just push the envelope? Let's experiment a little more. Look at this one. The observance of the sabbatical year was to be a benefit to both the land and the people. 
The soil lying untilled for one season would afterward produce more plentifully. The people were released from the pressing labor of the field. And while there were various branches of work that could be followed during this time, all enjoyed greater leisure, which afforded opportunity for the restoration of their physical powers, for the exertions of the following years. They had more time for meditation and prayer, for acquainting themselves with the teachings and requirements of the Lord, and for the instruction of their households. So, again, I'm not, I don't want to convince you that you need to do this. Um, study it for yourself. But, you know, there are people, and there is a quote, a quote from Mrs. White, where she talks about resting portions of the land each year. And so if that's how you interpret it, um, great. But that doesn't deal with the second half of the purpose of the sabbatical. It's not just for the land. It's for the people. Restoration of physical powers, more time for meditation and prayer, more time for acquainting themselves with the teachings and requirements of the Lord, more time for the instruction of their households, and there's some other quotes where she kind of details out the purpose of the sabbatical. So our season on our farm, we've kind of divided the year in half. My wife and I are in charge of the spring and summer. And then my son Joshua, and now with his wife, are in charge of the fall and winter. So our season ended in the fall of, in, in August of 2017. That was the end of our paycheck. The end of August of 2017. It's like, well, how are we going to make it? Now, I could tell you so much, and we don't have time, but... Um, you know, we, Darren Greenfield, I know the other morning shared about how the Lord really blessed in the sixth year they had a, a super abundant crop. And that isn't our testimony. And I think, you know, there were probably things, I mean, there were reasons. We, we were distracted in many ways by Adagra and other things. Um, and so our sixth year... Actually, our income in the sixth year went down. But, you know, um, you know, I, I was determined we're going to we're going to test the Lord. It's not about whether it looks like we can make it because that's not faith. If you've got enough money in the bank to cover your whole year, what I mean, that's a vacation. That's not faith. Um, so. But the amazing thing is, even though we had um, less income in the sixth year, our savings was bigger than it had been in, what, 20, 25 years? <laughs> you know, it's like the Lord just blessed. Um, 
you know, we didn't have any great bumper crop, but yet the food we had put up has lasted and lasted. We're still eating. You know, my wife, she was sharing. I, where were you sharing this? Um, you know, she was wanting, we have two freezers, a small one and a big one, and she was wanting to, the small one is old and needs to be retired. She wanted to, to um, combine the food, and we have too much food in the freezer. We couldn't, you know, we're eating strawberries and blueberries from 2017. I could go on and on. We've had an absolutely amazing year. In fact, I heard my wife telling somebody the other day it was the best year ever. That's, uh, wow, that's, that's really good. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's been amazing. You know, I'm half Australian. My mother was born and raised in Australia. Never been to Australia. It was always a desire. But, you know, when you have a family of seven and you're farmers, what's the chance of that, right? We've been to Australia twice during the sabbatical. Uh, New Zealand. You know, those were the two highest countries on my bucket list of places to go. We've been to both of them. I could go on and on. Um, our two oldest sons got married this year, two months apart. And then in the middle of it, you know, I mean, you know, there's a lot around the wedding because we don't just have weddings. We have weddings. <laughs> You know, it's, it's a whole weekend. It's, it's quite a celebration. Um, and just after Joshua's wedding, we get it. Well, I guess it actually came right before his wedding. We get an email from somebody in Romania saying, can you come over and help with this Impact Romania camp in July? This was in June. <laughs> it's like, wow, you know, that's, that's pretty bold to ask somebody at such a late date. So we're saying, well, you know, can we really? I mean, we've been gone a lot. And, um, but as, as Pavel has been pointing out, the Lord, when we first started farming, the Lord made it very clear to us, your job is to serve. Don't worry about how you're going to make a living. Just serve. Seek me first, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so the Lord reminded us of, of that. Your job is to serve. I'm calling you to serve in Romania. So we went. With Caleb. With Caleb. Yeah, and, and if I had time, I could tell you more about that story, but... Amazing. We had an incredible time in Romania, and we're so excited to, to be able to go back in November. You know, so many different areas. Our, our car, we have a Honda Odyssey, 305,000 miles on it. <coughs> and we're driving across country to Adagra. 
You know, most people would say, well, we can't go to Adagra. It's too far away and too expensive. Um, but we're saying, well, the Lord's called us to serve in Adagra, so we're going. You know, Lord, you're going to have to make it work. So we're just praying, Lord, please. Even Caleb, you know, was just praying, please help our car to stay together. <laughs> and then, of course, driving across country in January, you know, that's always a bit of a gamble. And we were going up north through Montana and into northern Idaho to visit friends up there before we came down here. I mean, there wasn't a patch of snow on the roads the whole way. 50 degrees going through Montana. Just like, Lord, you are so amazing. Just above and beyond what we could ask or think. Um, honey, what else should I say? We're about out of time. About how amazing this year has been. Oh, so, you know, things like car. Now, um, even, even things like clothes. Um, you know, this is a, a hand-tailored suit. This is, it's, well, I can't read, custom, custom tailored for John. Not John Dysinger, but <laughs> custom um, I have a, a relative that has a lot more money than we do who happens to be the exact same size, these slacks. Um, and, you know, they don't buy from Goodwill. And they keep giving us the these clothes that, I mean, we would never buy. And I honestly, I, I said to my wife the other day after we got a second load of clothes honey I don't need all these clothes what do I do with all this but you know you hate to give $300 jackets to goodwill um, I mean just in big and little ways but you know so we had this savings and and I will say that we we did um, well we we wanted to follow all these guidelines for what we should do during the sabbatical and we really wanted to bless our children in whatever way we could. And so Joshua and Jonathan were both launching into marriage. We wanted to spend special time blessing them and helping them with that. And part of that for Jonathan, I felt, was to help him with his business. He needed help. And so I have worked a quarter time, 10 hours a week for him when I'm around and when it fits with what we're doing. So I have gotten a little bit of income, but how did we make it? I couldn't tell you except by God's blessing. And, you know, I know my wife, as we got close to the end of the year, so we'll be starting... Um, marketing again in April but as we got close to the end of the sabbatical year my wife was kind of saying Lord you know we've we've really stepped out on this limb and 
And uh, you've blessed, but you know, it just seems like we're kind of going back to ground zero and um, you know, we're, we're testing you. We did things this year like we gave, well, I, sh I have to back up and I know I'm out of time here, but um, Joshua and Kelly wanted to continue farming this year because starting out he didn't have enough he he needed some income and he said I'd rather work on the farm with my wife than be off somewhere else and so they farmed a side piece of of the farm we let all our area rest and they farmed some on the side and so they were going to market and they decided you know we'd like to give all the proceeds from our first market to the Lord and so it was one of the best markets of the season but God blessed and um, you know so we'd done all these things and and you know selfishly you're tempted to think okay well Lord so I mean we're, we're, we're testing you but we'd love to to see maybe um, some of that financial blessing <laughs> But uh, we, I mean, we knew that whether the Lord blessed financially or not, we were in it for the long haul. You know, we had seen so many blessings. Um, but I just want to tell you this. This was just incredible. This was like the icing on the cake. On January 30, I mean, December 31, we got a check for $7,700. I thought the number was just kind of interesting. $7,700 from a totally unexpected source. Something that we weren't even, it wasn't even on our radar screen. And it was just like the Lord was saying, you know, I just want you to know that that I appreciate your trust. God has sustained us amazingly. We've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. So, in closing, I just again want to re reiterate, uh, we're not trying to say you need to go farm. We're not trying to say you need to keep the sabbatical rest. What I'm trying to say is taste and see. Prove the Lord. Start living experimental religion. Take his promises at face value and say, wow, could I really do this? I'm going to test you, Lord. I'm going to follow to the best of my ability what you have laid out in your word and I'm going to see what happens and I don't know if I said you know on the, on the second tithe did I say we'd do it for three months anyway that, that was I, I told my wife she, she's you know she keeps the books and she said look at honey we can't do this it does not work on paper and so I said we're going to do it for three months. 
if it doesn't work, we'll, we've, we've tried, we've tested, we've experimented three months. It didn't work for us. So apparently the Lord's not asking us to do it. Well, how long was it? I mean, just a few weeks later after we paid that second tithe, the Lord poured out the windows of heaven in such an abundant way that we could never go back now. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I'll just end with this text. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. God's calling you, asking you, pleading with you, prove me, test me, see if I'm as good as my word. So whatever the Lord is calling you to do, I know he's calling all of you to something. Whatever he's calling you to do, prove him, test him. I believe you will never look back. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for your blessings. I just pray for each person here that whatever you are calling them to do, they would step out by faith on your word. May they continue to trust in you when the future looks dark. May they continue to trust in you when it appears that things have failed. And then when you come through in amazing ways, May they give all the glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.